Thank you so much. This morning, we're stepping back into a series we began early in the year around the Beatitudes. And uh, so we did that in July, and we're going to pick that up again. Sorry, in January, we're going to pick that up again now in July. And of course, back then, we talked about the Beatitudes as being Jesus unpacking the constitution of the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom is like, the place where God is king. These are the things that you will find. And one of the challenges I'd like to place to you is that when you read through the parables and the stories of Jesus, read them against the backdrop of Matthew chapter 5 and these wonderful life-giving, these, these precepts that Jesus unpacks uh, that are known as the Beatitudes. Now, we're actually up to uh, chapter uh, chapter. Five and verse 7, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. But that's AJ next week. And um, I kind of wrestled with getting them out of order a little bit. But hopefully what we have to set down this morning will lay a bit of a platform for, for the future of how this rolls out with, with Andrew and Russell. And then we finish up, um, I'll finish up the, the final session. But to start our uh, sort of movement towards blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I, I want to t- tell us your story about uh, a friend of mine that, that Jackie and I met recently. And uh, we, hadn't, we hadn't seen him for some time. He's an old friend from Tasmania. And when we last, since the last time we connected, he'd suffered a, a tumultuous and serious health ordeal. You see, our friend and his wife are both avid bushwalkers and they'd set out to walk across country. This is not the Overland Trail, but across country to walk from the top of Tasmania to the bottom over 50 days. And they'd planned out food drops all the way through and like they were beating through through virgin bush. And um, a couple of days into this trek, my friend experienced what was suspected to be a severe heart attack. And they were in an incredibly remote location when it happened. In fact, there was probably only a 10-minute window where they were present, where this heart attack occurred, that an ambulance could get in and out. And there just happened to be, don't you love these just happened to be things? There just happened to be a, a, a person present who was really well trained in first aid who kept Tim alive, he had flatlined, kept him, al- kept him alive for, for 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes while the hospital came. And once in hospital, upon further investigation, my friend was diagnosed with Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Who's heard of that before? Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome? Okay, I hadn't either, right? Um, but it's a congenital condition that some people are born with. It's a syndrome where the electrical pathways of the heart become confused. As he explained it to us, in, in the womb, our blood supply is provided by our mother. And while our hearts beat, the electrical pathways of the fetal heart keep the heart open to receive that blood supply. And that stays open until birth. And when our hearts start beating 
for itself, some electrical pathways are meant to disconnect. But for our friend, the pathways that should have disconnected didn't. And it had never surfaced as a problem until this walk. That under exertion, when the main section of the heart gives a bang, the electrical pathways at the top of his heart gave a thump, negating the bang, stopping his heart. This is really serious. Now, ambulance came, took him to to the hospital and in the process of diagnosis, not that it was a cause and effect thing, but there were other heart issues that he had repaired and then they, they realised what they were dealing with and lined up some very sensitive and very careful and particular heart surgery uh, in Melbourne where there's a leading heart specialist in this field to deal with these sorts of problems uh, was at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. And the the surgeon performed a a very delicate procedure that resulted in the problematic electrical pathways to the top of my friend's heart being cut. I'm going to spare you the details. It's kind of a bit... But um, happy to fill out the picture if you really want it later. But but what, what my friend described as he was unrolling this story is he said the surgeon saw the fix the moment it happened on the ECG. Immediately, it was returned to normal. Up until then, he he didn't know that he had it, but he'd lived for six months knowing that he could drop dead in a heartbeat. That's how serious this thing is. And um, But now his ECG is completely normal. And so I start the message around being pure in heart here today with that story to frame out our conversation around makarios, the blessing of God. God blesses. It's not something that we have to wrestle out of him. Makarios, you you have already been blessed and will continue to be blessed. That's That's the idea that Jesus is speaking here You are already blessed. It's a blessing that is already present in the pure in heart, for they will see God. So the word that Jesus uses that's translated as pure is katharos. And directly translated, it actually means clean rather than pure. It's slightly different nuance, but I think this has got something to help us understand where he's going here. And it's a word that's used in a number of different contexts, very commonly in the presence of another Greek adjective, a keratos, which is used of milk or wine undiluted by milk, uh, undiluted by water, I'm sorry, or metal that has no tinge of an alloy. So it's, it's, a, it's sort of clean, pure, it's kind of together. And hopefully by exploring some of the other contexts where Catharios and its family Catharos and its family of words appear, we'll be able to build a much more complete picture of what Jesus is talking about. Another occasion where a similar word is used is in the parable of the vine in John fifteen, where where Jesus tells a story 
about a vine dresser and a vine. And he says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. It's actually quite a poor translation, quite frankly. Because you see, these branches that supposedly are cut off for not bearing fruit are in him. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. So what's going on here? And again, coming back to the original language, the, the word that's, that's translated, he cuts off, is aro. It actually has a sister translation, a sister word that says he lifts up. And if we get our head into the context of this, John 14, Jesus has promised another one coming to bring comfort to the disciples. And, and now he comes in to say, any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, I lift up. Let me explain a little further. You see, the ancients didn't grow their grapes on posts and stringers with the fruit hanging down off the ground. They had furrows, long furrows, across, down a paddock, and a vine, a grapevine, would grow along the ground. And the vine dresser would craft fruit-bearing branches along the top of the furrow and train and keep them lined up along the top of the furrow so when they threw fruit, after about four years, but they'd throw fruit, the fruit would drop and hang down the sides of the furrow. And so a vine dresser would patiently and carefully tend these branches. He would craft them and nurture them to to bear fruit. If a branch isn't bearing fruit and it is in the vine, there's two reasons that that would happen. One, it was either bruised when the vine dresser possibly put his foot where he didn't want to and bruised it and cracked the, 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 the bark on the branch. And anyone that's a gardener will know when you get sap running into the ground, it'll throw the roots down and from there on it becomes wild and you get no not good fruit it's either broken bruised or it's broken maybe an animal has walked through the field and broken one of these branches the vine dresser is really careful about his work and so what he will do where he he'll locate why where the problem is with this branch and he'll lift it up And this is a beautiful picture. He'll lift it up and he'll put a little rock under it. (laughs) Don't you like that? To close up the bruise or the break. So it will heal and produce good fruit. Which makes a whole lot more sense. Now that's a little aside, but I tell you that on the basis that the next part of the story, any branch that does bear fruit, remember he cuts off the Greek word is aero where I'm saying another translation that's valid is he lifts up. But the other word that's here, um, any branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Cathero. Jesus has a play on words of difference here. 
What a masterful storyteller this guy is. And the kathairo word actually means to prune, but within the family of its meaning, it is cutting off to cleanse. Ah, cutting off to cleanse. The idea of cutting to make clean. Now, hold that thought around the heart. Cutting to make clean. Because in typical fashion, Paul, he's a lot more direct in his language. And he leans into Old Testament covenant language to describe a clean, pure heart. In Romans 2.29, he says, A true Jew is one that is right with God. And true circumcision, which is cutting, is not merely obeying the letter of the Lord. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not people. And Paul backs that up in Colossians 2 and 12. He says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure. So not like my friend with the physical heart where the, thing, where the electronic, electrodes pathways were cut. This is at the core of the being, at the core of the spirit, the heart of a man, of a woman, of a human being. That heart is cut. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Now, this has happened for those in Christ. How cool is that? Isn't, doesn't that bring us incredible freedom? This heart cutting can only be accomplished by Jesus, by the work of his spirit. It's the removal of that part that brings offence and separation from God. And it's cut away, sisters, brothers, it's cut away and removed that we carry it no more. So that we can come We can come as we are. James 4 and 8 says, Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Here is the the kathero and the hagios, the purity and the cleansing together. For your loyalty is divided between God and the word. But here, world, but here we've got the result of clean hands and pure heart are unmixed motives. Tom, you're exactly right. The right translation of katharos is unmixed. Unmixed. Undivided loyalty. Single-mindedness. And that calls us to the psalm we opened up with this morning, Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Sisters, brothers, the the pure in heart are single-minded people. They're single-minded in their pursuit of God and single-minded in their pursuit of the things of God. And when we construct the whole picture that that the Scripture paints around this pure of heart... The pure of heart are those who have had their hearts cut 
by Jesus, removing, removing the unnecessary, the broken part, the unnecessary part that grew as a result of separation, the part that fosters rampant independence and individualism, the part that garners selfishness, the part that says me first and probably at your expense. The part that causes mixed motives, that we're one person with one group of people and a different person with a different group of people. But for the pure in heart, the heart is now cut, clean, unmixed and pure. And people with this sort of heart are authentic people. There are no masks. There are unmasked people. You know when you're with them. They're people most comfortable in their own skin. They're people who are fully human and fully alive. They are friends with God. They're people who have embraced God's hospitality at the table. (laughs) They dwell with God. Are they perfect? By no means. By no means. Just because the heart has been cut doesn't mean the head's lined itself up, which is why Paul calls for the continued renewing of the mind. Not perfect, but the pure in heart are reconciled to who they are. They are reconciled to whose they are. They're reconciled here to who they are. They're reconciled to whose they are, and they're reconciled to those around them. But there's more here. The part of this conversation that can't be ignored or ever understated is the work of the Holy Spirit who performs this careful heart surgery. Paul said in Colossians, as I put up before, that Christ performed a a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of the sinful nature And then Romans 2 and 29, true circumcision is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. We can never understate the role of the Holy Spirit in the heart that is cut, clean, unmixed and pure. I mean, you may remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about husbands and wives and I framed that conversation flowing out of being fulfilled in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 and 18. Not just being filled as in under the domination or the control of, but being fulfilled as that life-giving well and spring that overflows in our heart that we are completely, totally and utterly fulfilled in the Holy Spirit and everything of our lives, everything flows out of that fulfillment. Jesus said, out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. What what does our mouth speak? So the cut heart, the clean heart, the unmixed heart, the pure heart, It's had this surgery carefully performed by the Holy Spirit who carefully, he he prepares a place for for the Lordship of Christ in our heart, changing us forever in a heartbeat that we will never, ever, ever be the same again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is freedom. This 
is freedom. And it stands to reason that the expression of our lives that is surrendered to this surgery will be manifest, will manifest the evidence of the presence of God. So this idea that we have to wait till we die, the pure in heart will see God then. No, 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 no. That's not what the cross was about. The cross was about burying our sin in a hole in the ground so that we can dwell with God now and see him now. And our hearts as they are filled and fulfilled in the Holy Spirit, that we are then included in the works of God with God. We are involved with God. In works of justice, Andrew, in works of mercy. What a platform for you next weekend, brother. In works of mercy, in works of compassion, in works of loving kindness, in works of faithfulness. And these are the core elements of the character of God. And when we see them, we see God at work. This is God. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. These elements manifest when God is present. And this is how and where we will see God. As we engage in godly pursuits with a whole, cut, clean, unmixed, fulfilled heart. Are you getting the picture here? 2 Corinthians 4.6 summarizes it like this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. Does it get any better than that? How good is that? And as James said last week, the journey to regain our first love, which is evidenced of a clean heart, a cut heart, an unmixed heart, a pure heart, follows three simple steps. To remember the grace of the love and truth of Jesus to us. Paul, let's have a couple of clicks there. So remember that grace to us. To, to repent, or metanoia, which is the invitation to be transformed Responding to God's invitation to be transformed by the love and truth of Jesus in us. This is the heart surgery. And then to return to the works of God, the love and truth of Jesus through us into our world, to others. So I want to begin... To wrap up with this story. The song that we sung coming in, Refiner's Fire. The first church that I was pastoring was exploring a multi-campus, multi-congregation model like we have here at Mosaic. That's going back nearly 30 years ago. Good grief. And a part of that, I was in Sydney exploring a multi-campus, multi-congregation context to see what that would look like, St. Mary's Baptist Church in the western suburbs of Sydney. And the Sunday evening service was, was quite a, a service of, of renewal. And we were singing Refiner's Fire, Refiner's Fire, my heart's one desire 
is to be holy. And I stopped. And I stopped singing. And I thought, do I really choose to be holy? Because back then I really didn't understand holiness so well. I had it quite confused with legalistic piety or legalistic righteousness or you know, that kind of Pharisaicism. And I thought, I don't want to have a part of that. And I'd stopped singing and there's this real wrestle going on within me. My heart is saying one thing, but my head is saying another thing. And so I, 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 a question formed within me. Yeah, I was saying, yep, I want to be set apart for you, Lord, but holy, if that means this, then I'm not interested. And I asked God, what does it mean to be holy? And the Spirit immediately shot back. It means to be like Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be single-minded. I want to be single-hearted. I want to be single-focused like Jesus. And so I started to sing, I choose to be holy. And I was calling my head to catch up to my heart. You see, our hearts, we hear a message like this and, and we are embraced with God's warmth and likeness, but our heads can hold us back and wrestle and keep us back from the fullness that God has for us. I called my head to line up with my heart. And this morning as we come to celebrate the communion table, the hospitality of God, I'm going to ask us, for any of us that may have doubts in our heads, that we follow our hearts. Call your head to catch up with your heart.